Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get even softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order with code RESTful15. So head to bollnbranch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This episode of Outlander Cast is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. If you have not yet visited MinuteWithMary.com, you should check it out now because I can hook you up with some amazing skincare and makeup. And this being the month of February, I'm giving our pay, our our listeners, our our subscribers, an amazing discount on one of my favorite products. It's actually my lip gloss. It's, yes. it's the month of February. It's the month of love. You want to have some kissable lips, add a little bit of color, but we don't need anything crazy. My lip glosses actually come with a mirror on them. Oh. Ooh. Little handy dandy things so you can make sure that your lips look perfect, darling. <laughs> perfect. So you get to choose whatever color you'd like. I'm going to be giving you 15% off whichever lip gloss you'd like. Just head on over to minutewithmary.com slash discount. And I must do what I must. And you cannot resent me for that either. Nothing could ever make me resent you. Because, It's no longer safe for you to remain here. I know you stay because of the vow you made to my mother. And to me. Now. I release you from it. Providence, Rhode Island. Welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Sing me a song of a last day's song. Say good night, last My name is Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and I am I'm, I'm still recovering. I'm still recovering oh, from right? that scene. You you right? have you have no idea. You uh, have no idea. Oh my goodness gracious, <laughs> Blake and I. Actually, you might have an idea. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they all know what we're talking about, Blake. They, <laughs> let me tell you though, Blake and I are wrapping up an incredible season five premiere weekend. We were lucky to have several members of the Outlander cast staff come on over to Rhode Island, mm-hmm. watch the episode with us. Uh, one of our bloggers, Tammy, even made us a wedding cake to have while Brian Rogers shared their vows together. So. 
Our company just left, no joke, uh, what, two, three hours ago? Yep, at the, at the most. <laughs> so Blake and I are running on caffeine fumes, and we are just so excited. All, all weekend, we've been talking about Outlander, and this is a dream come true. Because for those of you who don't know, um, you may be new to Outlander cast. Welcome. Hi, Hello. welcome. Um, my name is Mary, and I read books. And I've been reading <laughs> these books, and I've been loving on this Outlander series. I've been loving the characters. I've been loving so much about it alone for a long time <laughs> and until uh, the show decided to finally make it onto television and I convinced my husband to watch the show with me and little did he know that he'd be also be convinced to start a podcast about a show that he didn't know much about with me um, but of course you fell down the rabbit hole as well and one of the things that we decided about making this podcast was that we could have people to share Outlander with one day. That's right so we we Somehow people wanted to listen to us and it got so big, it got so crazy that we had to have a staff of people help us with uh, not only the the writing aspect of it, but the social media aspect of it and helping produce the podcast and and it just got enormous. And But one of the things that we really wanted to make sure that we did was give you, the listener, your voice, a platform for you to talk about Outlander, to talk about the thing that you guys love. So not only will we be doing this episode at a recap and analysis and review of the episode, but each and every time we also do a listener feedback episode. And usually that takes place, our listener feedback usually need to get, it needs to get in by about Wednesday of each week. So far Thursday we can record or, you know, right around there. So, yeah, so we encourage you to submit your thoughts on the episode or correct. your thoughts even on our podcast episode. Yep. You could do that on Facebook, on Instagram, email, even through our website, outlandercast.com, there's this little uh, submit your voice feature where you can call in and have your voice be on the podcast, which is really cool if you've never done that before. So it really was a dream come true to not only you know have the podcast and have the online communities blossom, but to then be able to watch a season premiere with so many people. And that leads me to remind everybody that if you're new to Outlander Cast, the past couple of years, we've also had a finale party. That's correct. And we are going to be having a finale party again. It is, we're 99% sure going to be happening in... Rhode Island. Yes. Um, I would, uh, you know what, I'm just going to say 100% sure it's happening in Rhode Island. Um, and <laughs> we are deciding between a couple of locations, but Providence is up there as one of the locations. Rhode Island is the smallest state in the United States. It is easy. The airport's easy. Yep. Um, and it's actually we, relatively easy to get to. Yeah. Oddly enough. And we, if you, if any of you have any insight, we've been hearing that May 3rd is the date of the finale for Correct. season five. That's kind of what we're putting our eggs in that basket. But if any of you have definite confirmation, we would greatly appreciate that information so that we can make sure all this gets going. But we will be having an Outlander cast finale party. Myself and Blake will be having a live podcast. Many members of the Outlander cast staff, our bloggers, our social media team, moderators will be there. Um, so you get to meet meet a bunch of the crew That's and meet right. each other. I know. All the Outlander nerds, all together. We can all have fun together in Rhode Island and drink, eat, and be merry. And a whole bunch of surprises that we have in store for you guys yes. in May, which I'm very very excited about. And before we get into the rest of this episode, before we do our normal thing, I wanted to remind you that you can check us out at maryandblake.com where we have all of our podcasts, uh, including This Is Us Too, which is a podcast dedicated to This Is Us. We have one about Hamilton, which is called Rise Up. I'm actually wearing the t-shirt right now, Rise Up, uh, for those uh, who are watching on Facebook Live, because we do this podcast also on Facebook Live. Uh, and if you uh, also want to check out our podcast about The Crown, there's one about Game of Thrones. we got everything there. 
there. Just go to maryandblake.com uh, and you can search all of the uh, social media too, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I, apparently, we do have a TikTok. Uh, I don't touch TikTok. That's all Mary. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> I only have one post. Please do not follow us on TikTok. And yet. YouTube. You can find all of our podcasts there on YouTube. Just search Mary and Blake. And one last thing, if you do want to become a member of the Outlander Cast Clan, go to outlandercastclan.com where we have a bunch of perks like uh, Blake's Book Club where we review uh, the first two books of Outlander. Uh, we also have the After Dark Podcasts, which is a, a special podcast just for Outlander Cast Clan. They get first members. access to the finale party tickets. Correct. And there, there's a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Outlander Cast giveaways and free swag and this. There's a whole bunch of stuff. So go to outlandercastclan.com. You want to help out the show, check it out there. Outlandercastclan.com. Marvin. Yes. I'm nervous. I'm not going to okay, lie. You are. I, we're, we're eight minutes into this bad boy and I'm terrified. I got you covered, man. I'm terrified because it's our we're back in Outlander mode. We're back. I've got my coat I've got my Claire coat. Got my Claire's I need, coat. I need Jamie's new coat. I need like girl version. I need version all of, of Jamie's that. new coats. I need all of the knitwear, all of the boots, all of the coats. <laughs> Bring it on! But let's get into this episode. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Break it on down for me, baby. Well, this episode was entitled The Fiery Cross. And we know why it's entitled The Fiery Cross. Jamie Burns, A Big Fiery Cross. That's it's also the name of the book. That's also the name of the book, apparently. Yes. I, I have not read it, so I don't know. 100%. I mean, you knew. But I know, I know the, the title, of the book, but yeah, but you it is didn't. what it is. Okay. Uh, the writer was Matt B. Roberts, who's actually, if you watched the little snippet at the end of the episode with Matt and Merrill, who are the producers of the show, uh, Matt is also now entitled officially showrunner. Which is an interesting thing because Ron Moore was once the showrunner and now Matt Roberts is. We knew that Ron took a step back from the the day-to-day duties of being a showrunner. But now his credit is just developed by. And Matt Roberts is the executive producer and showrunner. You know, I feel like he, it's like... It's like Outlander turn 18, okay? He said, I've got, you guys are steady. You're good to go. I'm really proud. I feel like you can do this and just, you know, let's go see, fly, fly little birdie. You got this. (laughs) So uh, he has written many episodes, including The Gathering. Matt Roberts. Matt Roberts, yeah. yeah. Uh, The Gathering, The Reckoning, The Search, Best Laid Schemes, Je suis prêt, Dragonfly and Amber. I love that little accent that you threw in there. You like that, huh? Which Dragonfly and Amber is one of my favorite episodes of Outlander. Yes, it is. Uh, All Debts Paid, Eye of the Storm, A Malcolm, America the Beautiful, The Birds and the Bees, and the fiery cross. That's a lot. That's He's a lot that Mappy Roberts has written. So he knows Outlander. He's of course the person who like even brought this whole thing to be. Yeah, he's the big he's the big book guy. Yeah, uh, he's re- he read all the books. He was the one who helped co- convince Ron Moore, who is the reason why I jumped on to Outlander because I was a big fan of Battlestar Galactica, uh, Ron's previous show, which is ultimately one of the top five greatest shows ever written in my opinion. Um, you know, Matt Roberts helped convince Ron. Hey, mm-hmm. this is what we're doing. And uh, and we're gonna we're gonna follow the book, and this is how it's gonna be. So Matt's the big is, is the big book guy. The the other person I think is a co showrunner is Tony Graffia, who was also wrote with Ron on Battlestar mm-hmm. Galactica. She's the show person. So like we have a good book and show kind of perspective between the two. Uh, but the director for this episode is a Stephen Wolfenden, uh, who actually directed last year's or last season's season finale. 
man of worth. So uh, he has some experience with Outlander. These are his only two credits for Outlander as of the moment. Uh, but that is that. Marvin. Yes. As we are wont to do on this podcast, we have a thing called the kilt rating. And uh, we go from one to five, one being absolute garbage and five being the best thing that Outlander has ever put out. Yep. What's your kilt rating? Oh my gosh. Drumroll. I'm giving you a five. Five. Oh, yep. What a surprise. Oh my. Well, okay. No. You're throwing fives around like you're Oprah. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm holding on tight because, um, you know, not every episode of Outlander gets a five from me. You know this. You know this. That's true. This episode gave me hashtag all the feels. Mm-hmm. All right. I loved it. Yeah, continue. Let's. What was your kilt rating? We're gonna get into this. I'm. I'm giving. I'm going four seven. Which here. basically means a Blake version of five. Yeah. I'm. I'm, te- <laughs> I'm teetering. I'm teetering four six four seven. Okay. Um, like I'll, which, I'll, I'll which go for four, those six, of you five. who don't know is is Blake's five. Yeah, I'm a very hard grader. <laughs> I'm a five. very hard grader. Yes. Uh, and this was. I quite enjoyed this episode. You did. Uh, and there are a few things that I think that prevent it from being a five. But for the most part, it was really good. And we also, you know, we have a saying here, I want horses, not ponies in Mary and Blake media. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm not going to go as far as saying that this is a horse, but this is pretty, this is pretty close. This, this is, is, this this is, is pretty, a wee stallion getting his, this his, is, you know, is an 18 year old horse. Is it like an 18 year old? So like I think the I, last I, year of being a pony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so. You're like, it's a puberty just, pony. It, it's a puberty pony. <laughs> Uh, and you know the horse is not ponies thing. Everybody asks me what it, what it means. You know, it, it, two ho- two ponies don't equal one good horse. That's and that's what it is. So, uh, I, you know, this is this episode. I think is right okay. on the cusp of being a, a right. horse. So, what do you right. got for your GBG? Our GBG. Yep, you're good, uh, which bad, is and you're good. Great. Our bad and great. Yep. Uh, generally, when we rate something a five, we flip it and we make it our good, our great, and our best. Yep. So. That's what I did. All right. So my good for anyone who's ever watched the movie Bridesmaids, which if you're someone who doesn't like crass stuff, not the movie for you. Okay. But if you're someone who's okay to laugh every once in a while, if there's talk about poop, um, or, or, I don't know. You've seen it, Blake, right? There's a, there's a poop scene in there that made some people very uncomfortable. Sure, Mary. Okay. Anyway, for anyone who's seen Bridesmaids. <laughs> Who's ready to party? Yeah. <laughs> That's my good. I'm ready to party. I have not been to a wedding in a while, and I felt like I was there. Oh, my goodness. I would first off need to be at Marsley's table. Oh, I would yeah. need oh, to yeah. be. I would that have girl's called, ready to party. Oh, seriously. I would have been like, um, excuse me, Claire, can I please be at table number five? You know, the one that's near the bar and the dance pavilion uh, and sit me next to Marcelie, please. Um, I move over goat friend. Like goat friend is gone for my bestie. Marcelie <laughs> is my new bestie. I loved all of the bits of this party. I loved the pig on the spit, the dancers, like all the little things that made the party the party. Um, the games, the familiar and soon to be familiar faces. Because book sure. readers, we're looking at peeps and we're like, like, I know who you are. Yeah, I know where the camera's on you. Um, this will easily be one of my favorite episodes to rewatch one again and again to keep in the background so that I feel like I'm a party. Um, I just felt like I was watching a wedding highlight reel. Mm-hmm. So that is my good. My great, the music. 
Bear Flair all over the place. Oh. Let's give some props to... Hashtag Bear Flair. <laughs> so Bear not only was able to weave in pieces that he had used in the season two soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, he was able to have, you know, bring the live musicians to play some, some music there as it would have been traditionally done at a wedding like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the music just throughout kept the the spirit jovial and even though when it was serious um, you know he brought it back down quickly but the the music was able to give you all the feels mm-hmm. it really really does I know that Bear said that this episode in particular was very important to him for that reason so the music was my great my best was how much I smiled during this episode there were these little moments like Claire getting Brie ready um, Jamie bringing in something old something new Lord John just trying to recite Shakespeare uh, you know even though okay I have to say a man who's been in the military for so many years I know he knows dirty jokes. Oh, sure. And you know, I would imagine. Like I'm like he could have brought it. He could have brought it. <laughs> How about some Shakespeare? Oh my god! Get out of here! F out of here! Right? What are you doing? Jocasta's yeah. tent looking like it was something that was worthy of being on Cribs on oh, MTV. I, oh yeah. Uh, Sign me up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there was one thing that made me smile only to myself, and I have smiled and laughed every time I've seen it since. And I've had this inner monologue. I've realized that not everybody has inner monologues, but this had to make it also to my best because it made me smile so much. And that's why it's my best is it made me smile. Okay. Okay. So Brie, you know, she has that whole thing where she sees her dad talking to Lord John Gray about Stephen Bonnet, comes back over, talks with Claire, and then she picks up Wee Jemmy. And we Jimmy pats her back. Oh yes. Right? It's like, oh it's yes. Okay. And I'm gonna ruin it for all of you. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> is this like the Adam's apple thing? Yes, it's or like the, the Adam's hands? apple thing. Is it the pee hands yep. thing? Okay. So okay. loyal viewer listeners, you'll know. All it was like so perfect that the baby was patting her back that I thought some Twilight stuff was going to go on and the baby was going to be like, it's okay, mama. You're going to be fine. I'm like, Say it. <laughs> like, I was really like, why does this baby know that Brie needs a pat on her back? Is it going to be like, what's the baby's name? It's uh, Rosa. Oh uh, my gosh. Rose, um, no. Oh, it's, en- it's Esme. And- es- Renesme. Renesme. I yeah. really thought the baby was going to be like Renesme. Like, it's okay, mama. There, there. Oh, and I laughed man. to myself each time I've watched it I've now watched it uh, three and a half uh, four times because I just watched it right before this Correct. four times and I've laughed to myself and I've just had to share that with people next time you watch it just picture it's Renesmee it's Renesmee with, with the weird digital face it's okay mama they're there so how much I smiled every time I've watched it that was my best Blake what's your GVG oh, alright so my good uh, I actually have a tie uh, first first I think I swear to God, the, the the writers listen to Mary and Blake. They listen to Outlander cast because there is nothing on this planet. If you want to hit the cheat button for for me, you want to hit the cheat button. Yep. You do a bookend. You do a nice solid bookend. That's the cheat code. Your your episode could be garbage, but if you have a good if you have a good bookend. You're in line with me. Okay. And uh, the book end here with Murta. Uh, with Murta and Jamie, uh, the first one being the actual oath, and yep. then the second one at the end of the episode being the release of that oath. Oh, my goodness. I mean, the, the, the journey that it implies, the journey that it shows, but the fact that we're in good care with this episode. 
it was excellent. But the other part that I really like is uh, the wedding, just the wedding aspect of it. It reminded me of The Godfather. You know, it was just like a bunch of people. Like, if you ever watched The Godfather, like, it was like a bunch of people just like doing stuff. It just wasn't scripted. It was a bunch of people just laughing and like dancing and like saying stuff. And they caught it on camera because it all happened naturally. And I feel like that's kind of what happened here mm. in Outland. It was just like a bunch of random stuff, people doing things. and The wedding highlight reel. Yeah, like it was just, it was great. It was, uh, it, it starts us off in Outlander with all of our relationships all in a, in a base of love and happiness and togetherness and family creation. It's a matter of creation yes. for Outlander in this in this episode. And that is so exciting because usually whenever you start something off with a wedding, like The Godfather, that only means Not it's, great. it's going to hell, Bob. Yes. As a matter of fact, it's... Not great, Bob. Yep. That's where it's going. And uh, so I'm very excited about that. The bad for me... Oh, the guy who plays Governor Tryon. Wait, what? I just, I can't. I just can't. He like overacts. Stop. And his voice and his accent. I love him. I love to hate him. I just, I. His H's are like a honk. (sighs) (sighs) (laughs) I love it. It's so distinct. Colonel Fraser. Yes. Colonel Fraser. Don't. But don't so, don't disappoint me. He needs to stand out. Oh, I hate this guy. You're supposed to. I no 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 it no, no I no, no, you, you don't you not yes you're supposed to hate him, but he's not supposed to be fracking annoying. See, I'm seeing him well, as King George from Hamilton. I I uh yes okay yes, <laughs> and I'm loving it. Yes. Here comes the generals, Washington. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um. Yes, but like he reminds me of the way that Bonnie Prince was with the whole mark me and everything. I'm loving but like, him, but like worse. Like I just want to punch his face because I, I I dislike. Well, him that's that aggressive. Much. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> but my great oh, and and a slight bad, a, a supplementary bad huh. was uh, the editing between like the the Nat L- King Cole L O V E and you like have sex with one person yeah. and, and like now is it, it, it's the editing else. felt like really cheesy it felt like a rom-com <laughs> and it was like it was like people dancing and then sex and then people dancing and then baby crying and then people dancing and then sex and then murta it then, was rom-com and, yeah. yeah and i just i it, i didn't i didn't like that i thought it just felt okay. cheesy to okay. me uh but the great and the absolute great and i thought about this i was like wow the scene with jamie in the box and he's he's coming up, and the tension of the box, what's in the box? I, he, I'm going to give him a Scott. He opens it up. There's the kilt. Uh, there's the tartan, the, the 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 dirk, all of it. I'm like, wow, that is so great. It's so well shot. And then I realized it wasn't the shooting aspect of it. It was Bear McCreary. Yep. It was the music. When that music kit kicks in, and as Jamie's walking up to the box, you already understand what As that music touching. means. Yes. You you know what that means because you remember from season two, mm-hmm. that music was what played dur- before and during uh, the Battle of the Preston Pants. Yep. And as they were preparing for battle, yep. this is what that means. All of that, that inherent so knowledge, smart. it's all imbued. It's all... What a nice word. I, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all uh, inculcated, if you will, oh. uh, into that 
music. Yep. That is symbolic of battle, war, Scotland. Here we go. Agreed. We're not screwing around. I'm getting back to it. Kind of reminded me. Remember the movie The Patriot? Yep. When uh, Mel Gibson goes back and he gets his he, he gets his. Uh, his uh, his little axe and his sword, and he like opens it up, and he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let out the devil. Here it comes, mm-hmm. and Jamie's gonna let out the devil." And this it, was better than and, that. And this was better because of <laughs> so bear much. fracking McCreary and all the hashtag the bear flare. <laughs> so I'm very excited about and this. And Sam. All right, so Marvin, what do you got? Okay, so we're going to dive into the recap. Um, I think because the show began with bookends of Murtaugh that we can kind of like break it apart rather than doing it time-wise of how things happened in the episode. We're going to kind of work things plot-wise. So let's just get to the the meat of the the personal drama going on right now with poor Jamie, uh, Murtaugh. Um, opening up with him with goodness gracious, whatever makeup they had on, uh, on Duncan Lacroix. Oh my good! He had all the minutes with Mary. Seriously, he had I was every like every single minute yes, with Mary there ever was. That is some good minute with Mary stick foundation going on right there. He looked so young. <laughs> there were no so age glowing. spots. None. None. <laughs> no eye bags. Just color right over that. <laughs> <laughs> so much concealer. Some kind of Instagram filter, and we're good to go. <laughs> Put um, it on nuclear. That's yeah, what. That's right? what it is. But. Starting off with that that scene, which we had seen, you know, a while ago, and you and I talked about it when we talked about the the trailer analysis. Um, but for those people who didn't get to watch that, it, it does feel funny to talk about this portion of the episode because we've already seen it, and we've already digested it, and right. kind of gone over it. Right. It is beautiful, um, and because it is a bookend, and we get to see the oath made, and then the vow, you know. Not broken, but he no, just it. he was released. He was released, released from that's the, vow. the right word. I got you. I got you, boo. So can I say one more thing that I kept thinking about? Well, let's do it. What do you got? I just kept picking when he said, go. And then he had the dramatic pause. And he said, go. I just kept hearing Aria. And I, oh, oh. it was going to be, well, the first time it was, it was White Fang. And these, no! but, and then it was Aria Nymeria. Oh, that's go, true. Go, go, go. <laughs> I'm like, well, oh, I was like, these movies with dogs, people saying goodbye and go to dogs need to get out of my memory because I'm trying to focus on one of my favorite characters that I'm not mad about that they kept especially, alive. Especially Game of Thrones, you know, like bringing Game of Thrones into here. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Right. But That's right, Sam. Once I talked myself, my little inner monologue out, I was like, stop it. Not dogs. Um, that scene was so freaking powerful. I I had tears the whole the whole episode, you know, happy tears, sad tears. Um, But this punched me in the gut. What about it punched you in the gut? Like what, what, why? Like what, what brought that out of you? I'm mad at Myrta. How come? Because, okay, Myrta, you have a time traveling person who you know. Now I know that they need to get rid of his character at some point. Mm-hmm. I get this. We can't keep him alive forever, but I love him so much that I just want to hit him up that side of the head and say, stop making stupid choices, stupid. Sure. Okay. Or, or, or let's do it somewhere else. Or, you know, because I mean, I, <laughs> oh, gosh, I just Jamie is in such a sticky situation. Mm-hmm. You know, even Jamie, like Jamie, doesn't like that he now needs to go help the Redcoats. But I just want to be like Murta, you actually have time traveling people. Three, like y- yeah, you got the answers to the test, buddy. You've got an American, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you've got a historian, and well, you've got kinda. What do you mean, well, Rogers a historian? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Okay, and I'm you've got like the world's smartest woman ever who remembers every little thing, even <laughs> though she's been like. 
you know. We call that plot convenience. <laughs> <laughs> Traveling through time all the time. Um, I'm I'm upset at Myrta, and I get it. Um, and then when Jamie sobbed and like nuts you know not sobbed because he was no, like the tear. but the tear and then the tear like fell and yeah. we've all had those moments in our lives where like you do lean over and you have the tear fall and you're like oh wow i am that's sad. ugly <laughs> this, this this is really bad you know you haven't seen jamie cry a whole ton uh in outlander i could have used more of jamie crying at certain i'm not gonna lie i could have used more moments of these just sprinkled in in a couple of moments i'm not gonna well, the last time that I remember Jamie like crying, um, like he teared up when he saw Brianna for the first time uh, back in season four, which was exquisite, uh, that scene. But the time I really remember Jamie crying mm-hmm. was season one with Blackjack. That was the last time I remember him like tearing and crying. Faith. Um, I could have used more with Faith. Uh, yeah, probably. Like, like- Maybe, maybe you're right. We'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think one of the things that, that you're talking about, Mary, is that oath and, and, and being released, but saying it at the same time. This entire episode is full of oaths. This one is, where do we stand in, mm-hmm. with all of our relationships? And I think that's why this episode was so good, because it focused on relationships there's some there's some plot stuff in there and and any good episode of television or any good book anything that's ever written you care about the characters you care about what's happening between people Mm -hmm. and everyone always says character 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 and i'm telling you yes character matters but character doesn't mean anything in particular what it what it should mean is relationships how are the people that we are invested in relating to one another whether it's good, it's bad, it's ugly, it's sad, it's it's angry, it could be anything. How are the relationships working? And not only that, working, but evolving. So we have a base here for all of our characters of happiness and love. And uh, uh, we're starting off one way in a good place, a place of creation. Again, creation. Mm-hmm. And then we have a place of fulfillment with their oaths and those oaths actually are all over this episode whether it's roger to brianna and brianna to roger in their marriage or it is jamie to claire and claire to jamie in their marriage or it's myrta to jamie being giving an oath or being released Mm -hmm. from that oath it's also jamie to governor tryon that oath has to be fulfilled that relationship is what's causing all of this or issue. Roger with Jemmy or Roger everybody placing Jimmy, their oath correct. to Jamie. And then lastly, Jamie to the people of the Ridge and vice versa. All of those relationships have are reestablished, recreated, and they're being fulfilled. It's not a coincidence that on a character level, Jamie says to Roger, son of my blood, son of my blood, whatever it is. And then he says to Fergus, son of my name. These are the relationships that we've invested in. And the, the episode invested so heavily in that. And it's like it, it took its time to just say, okay, here we are. This is what we're doing. And that's why I think having all of the people and basing this episode around the wedding was such a great, I mean, legitimately great idea. Um, I was I was wildly impressed with mm. with how all of that. How it was really interwoven. Yeah, 
I, I, I was wildly impressed with that. I think that some of the execution could have been a little bit better, but I, but from a story level and from a character level with the relationships, it was really impressive. What about the wedding did you like most? Because let's just talk about, let's go full uh, uh, David, what's his name? David Zatera. Let's go full David Zatera. Let's take and let's, apart let, this wedding. Let's do the wedding. Okay, first and foremost, you can let this simmer for a little bit. Who, which character would you have been at this wedding? Like you, Blake Larson, if you were at this wedding, think about who of those characters you would have been. Think about how they acted throughout the night, how much dancing they did, how much drinking, what they were like, if they were causing drama, if they're not causing drama. Who would you have been, if you know your answer, do you I, feel comfortable sharing? Already? Yeah, I do. Oh, I, I would have been the guy that started the whole wordplay game. The, the the frontier guy yeah that absolutely would have been like if it was one of my really good buddies weddings yes that would have been me okay. I would have been out drink I would have fell I would have fell drunk right next to uh, Lord John absolutely <laughs> oh that would have been me oh <laughs> how about you who would who would you be oh my gosh well I would have probably been one of the musicians because I was a wedding DJ yes true okay. story yep P S the musician, the like, I think he's like, he looks like he's playing some kind of a cello. Every once in a while, it looks like Will Ferrell. Just putting it out there on your next rewatch. He kind of does. I know. Not looking back on it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like a young Will Ferrell. And then moments he does it, I'm and then moments he does. And I'm like, oh, Will Ferrell, get out of my mind. <laughs> so I would have thought I would have been like one of the, um, one of the musicians. And um, aside from that, <sighs> John Quincy Myers is the guy's name. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Facebook Live. Um, I would have been some like unnamed broad just on the dance floor the entire time. Really? Yep. You would have been an unnamed broad. You wouldn't be like anybody. You wouldn't be like Marsley? Nope. You wouldn't be Marsley? No. Okay. I wouldn't be playing the drinking games. I don't drink a lot at weddings except when you did what you did and you tipped <laughs> the bartender way too much. 100 bucks. Yep. And that was the only wedding that... Uh, I drank too much at, and I learned never to trust Blake. I, I with tipped the bartender, bartender hundred bucks, and the guy made sure that Mary always, and I mean always. I just thought I was drink drinking my hand. drink slowly. The guy was actually refilling my drink, mm -hmm. so it was like this never getting low cup. And I really thought, man, I must be sipping this. Um, what was it? The mojito. It was a mojito, and it was ninety eight degrees outside. And I was like, <laughs> I must be sipping this mojito much. Slower than I expected. No, he was just refilling it from a pitcher. She was dancing, and all of a sudden, she woke up in, the, in just a, in a pile of messy hair in her in a dirty dress. It was not my finest moment, my friends. Oh, but yes, I man. I was really thinking about that. I'm like, I wouldn't be causing any drama. I wouldn't be sitting. You know, I wouldn't be. Oh no, Jamie and Claire. Like, well, Claire gets up to dance. What the heck, Jamie? Why didn't he yeah, dance? I know. Well, because he's he's Godfather. The, he's he is Vito Corleone. It's his handling, wedding. Exactly. He's handling business at on the day of his daughter's wedding. It's it's all the Godfather. It always goes back to the Godfather. I wish I had seen Jamie dance just a little, even just just a little mashed potato. Yes, just a little. Yes, that'd be fine. That would have been fine. What else? What else from the wedding stands out to you? Um, the food, the drink, the cups. Where do they store all those mugs? Yeah, like they're like those wooden mugs. I don't know what they are. They're beautiful. They're gorgeous. Um, I loved how they were just having this grand wedding amongst all the stuff that they're using to build the house. You know, it was like, you know how you know how when your mom has someone over and they're like, clean everything up, shove it in the closets. We've got company Me coming. Meaning that's what we did this weekend. <laughs> 
Yeah. Just shoved everything in the closets. And it was like, you really got to see that this is what they're working on and they are proud of their work and they're not going to put everything all away to celebrate this wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to work around it and dance around it. But I did. I loved so much of just the music, the games. And as I said, for, for book readers to see soon to be familiar faces interwoven was um, really, really fun. Rewatching it, you just get to. The extras did a great job. The extras had a hol like a holiday. Yes, they did. I told you, like they. I think they just sent everybody out, and they were like, "All right, go drink and, and potty. Let's just go have fun. Just just let it go." Um. All right, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, Roger here. What do you? Uh, there's been. I know. I would last season. I gave Roger a lot of crap. You did. Uh, and deservedly so, by the way. Uh, right. Roger, the character, and the writers for how they wrote Roger, the character, um, he deserved all the crap. What do you think this season so far? It just started. So give me a moment. <laughs> what do you mean? The season just started. I know. So well, but it like, needs what's your impression? Simmer. My impression is that the writer's room got a big. Uh-huh talking to and they said hi we need to fix Roger and so what we're going to do is we're going to make every character that counts talk about how Roger is okay yeah (laughs) and we're going to have every character that counts talk about his amazing qualities and we're just going to pump him back up yeah I I said to some of our staff uh, while they were here that they were in full triage mode with Roger uh, in in the wedding and in this this particular episode Mm -hmm. because I think they knew they kind of effed it up. Mm-hmm. They kind of effed it up in season four uh, for, for a number of reasons, uh, which we won't get into. If you want to listen to our thoughts on it, go back to season four, uh, the podcast there, and listen to it. Uh, but yeah, they effed, they effed it up, and I think they knew it, and they have to make Roger a likable character. Yes. They have to do it. So and I think they did a pretty good job in this episode. Yeah. I do think if people have a bad taste in their mouth because of season four, it's going to take a lot more than just one episode to fix that. But if you are someone who already is Team Roger and has been saying, ew, what are you doing to my Roger for all of season four? Mm-hmm. At this point, you could say, okay, okay. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, like, we're, yeah. we're on the way. We're, we're getting there. Like, we ain't on the highway yet, but, like, we just took a, we took a right turn out of the driveway. I found him to be very, very humble. Um, I found him, t- I mean, he's just so dashing. Um, so I found him very endearing. Endearing is the word that I want to use for Roger for this episode. Sure, sure. Uh, and the thing with the blood oath with Jemmy and cutting his thumb and the, and the whole thing, and, and even though it was, like, kind of, like, reverse psychology, the whole stuff with, um, with Joe Casta, that really worked for me. Uh, it really worked because mm-hmm. y- you finally see Roger just stand up a little bit yep. and, and you give him some, you just give him agency, which is what they took away from him. They, and they took away from him, his relationship with, with Brianna. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, and I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get on board with that, but I will say one of the things that I found most endearing is actually having nothing to do with Roger at all. It was actually Jamie just totally <laughs> ripping this kid the entire episode. The entire episode, all he did was just rip on Roger, being like, yeah, you, basically, dude, you're useless. You're useless. You have no skills. My favorite line is when he's talking to Try and he's like, yeah, he's a son-in-law who sings like a bird, but not one for shooting. Like. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Well, no matter what, like a father-in-law is going to be protective, right? Plus, he really doesn't have any attainable skills. Plus, he did leave his daughter waiting. Yep. 
He is a Presbyterian. And what I love about it is Jamie allows people to still have that, I need to get this bad taste in my mouth. Yes. Like, it's okay. I think if everyone um, that we love on the show loved Roger, it, for people who've had a hard time liking him because of the show, it would be a little difficult. It would be like, okay, why does everyone like this guy? And I like having the foil of Jamie to, because Jamie's... Jamie's the opposite of Roger in every way. In every way. I mean, they're both learned. So I wouldn't I, say in every way, but, but in just several about, ways. But just in, in almost every single way, they're the opposite. I and mean, that's what makes them both of them great foils for each other. In, in, I'd say in several ways, yes. In, in, I'd say, yes. I mean, he's not, neither of them are like a mean, murderous killer. That, yes, See, there's, true. I'm just going there. But there. Jamie is, a, he has murdered and he has killed, so... It, it is relatively opposite. Okay, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Can but, we talk but, about how the wigs look so good for a moment? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That as a matter was, of fact, that almost made it to my greet. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll do this for all the wigs. You makes me want to Thank you so much, Outlander crew and costume people. Uh, the new costume person was incredible. Incredible! Uh, it like oh my oh my god they the the coats and all the outfits, but especially the wigs, Marvin. <laughs> yeah. Tell me how much you love the wigs. Oh, honey, I just said it. I mean, we just played an outstanding for it. Yes, thank you. I was holding my breath. I mean, we've seen photos, we've seen little things here or there, but holy smokes, I was just saying, well done. Wow, look at that hair. And as someone who has embraced her silver tinsel Mm -hmm. with my dark hair, I was loving Claire's wig. Um, Honestly, I was loving everyone's hair. Yeah, I know. And, you know, it's funny because before the episode, you know, there was the there was the prologue, the the previously on Outlander, and it shows Jamie carrying Claire over the, you know, over the threshold for mm-hmm. the old cabin. And you're looking at him and he has the, and he's talking with Governor Tryon, and he pulls his glasses down, I have to say, go Myrtle Fitzgibbons. And he has the, the spider hair on his forehead. The bangs. The bangs. And bangs just, are never a great choice. Never a great. I don't care who you are. I've tried them are, many times. Bangs are bangs are bad. As a matter of fact, bangs I mean, some are some people do look really great, good. Bob. Bang, bangs. Zoe Deschanel pulls off bangs quite well. Yeah, it's because you've never seen it with anything else. Doesn't she just look like Katy Perry without them? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> She's Katy Perry. <laughs> She's just Katy Perry in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've seen Zoe Deschanel with that. Oh no, she had blonde bangs in Elf. There's a second Will, Will, That's true. Uh, Will Ferrell reference for you. There you go. Um, oh, ooh, what, oh, what? Okay, okay. Go so, ahead. What? So you know, <laughs> when Claire and Jamie come down the aisle, mm-hmm. all aglow, right? Their baby girl is about to be wed. So happy, and then Claire sees Tryon. Governor Tryon. Yeah. Oh yeah. No smile. No smile. And it was like like the smallest little like, oh, I got to look happy again. (laughs) And the same thing with Jamie, except Jamie's face was more of like a WTF. (laughs) Yeah. Like, what do you, wait, what? And it was something subtle that I didn't necessarily pick up on the first time I watched it. But the second time I watched it, I really just watched their expressions. Because that's something you do when you walk down the aisle. Mm -hmm. You make eye contact with everyone. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm here. Oh, that's a nice friend. What is he doing here? I didn't invite him. I hope he brought a mug. (laughs) (laughs) 
be brought a mug. <laughs> Buddy, what are you going to drink out of? I don't know. Go ask Jocasta for an extra one. Oh, man, yeah. You know, what, what a thing, terrible wedding crasher. Like, and then he and brings like 20 guys. He brings like 20 dudes to it. Good thing they had a big pig. <laughs> um, one of the things I think that popped up, and it's a little confusing for people, is the reasoning for uh, Governor Tryon and... Jamie and the whole relationship of what they're doing. Jamie is writing letters to try and mm-hmm. talking about, hey, you know, we're planting all this stuff. We're really, we're really settling the ridge here. We're doing a really good job. Yeah, and yeah, we're we're doing stuff with uh, you know all these other guys. But you know, we're, for the most part, we're doing a really good job here. Everything's great. But there's been no mention of Myrta. Yeah, and that is really pissing Tryon off. I agree. It's it's pissing him off, and it's um. Now he's pissed, he's been so pissed off that he's sending Jamie to go get him, and it makes that's sense. that. And and uh, Jamie has no choice because he either has to betray Tryon and lose his land, mm-hmm. uh, or he has to go get Murtaugh. But he, he Jamie has his family. He has everything. He has all the people of the Ridge to take care of. He has all of these things going on, and um, you know. They're, they're, uh, they're just they're there, and that's that. I mean, Jamie has to take care of people, so Jamie has this issue where he has to take care of all of his people, and he has to take care of his men and the the thing, and but he also has this problem of knowing that the Revolutionary War is coming, which makes the disagreement with Murta even harder because he knows what's coming. The, he has what we always have as viewers. He has it. It's dramatic irony. He knows the war is coming and this is what's going to happen. And if you just wait, if you just wait a little bit, we're going to be fighting on the same side. Now, are you, are you upset with Murta for his decision? Uh, or do you subscribe to what he says to Jamie, which is, You've done all the things that you've done. It's your life. I don't resent you for it, but you can't resent me because there's always a war coming. There's always a war that's about to happen, and I got and I have to do what I got to do. I love that he said this because I am able to understand his point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, like I mean, it must be hard for him to see Jamie. Um, yes, Jamie's thriving, and he's got all this acreage, and he's got you know all these people on his land and everything. But Jamie's doing it right now through the redcoats. You know what I mean? Sure. So, um, and Murta doesn't have that ability. He he doesn't. Murta just got the real short end of the stick. You know, if here he is, who who he loved Jamie's mom wasn't able to get her. He he's got the short stick in most aspects of his life. Yes. And this is something he cares passionately about. Mm-hmm. It's something that's affected him for a majority of his adult life. And why not see it through? And there's nothing that Claire or Bree or anybody can say to figure out what happens to the to them, so to the regulators. So it's like, so why not try? This is something I'm passionate about. I I get it. And I'm really thankful that they included that for him because as I said, I sit there and I'm, I'm upset with Murtaugh because I want him just to stay alive and I want him just to keep going over for family dinners like he got to in season four. But I know that can't happen. And hearing this perspective sheds such a great light on it. Yeah. Yep. I, I totally agree. And uh, sh- sharing some perspective here, I think, is important, especially as it relates to the relationships that we're seeing, uh, number one, between Jamie and Murtaugh, um, but also how 
those that relationship exists through the lens of the other relationships that exist on this mm-hmm. show too, right? So there's a great parallel I think that's drawn between Roger and Bree in light of Jamie and Claire. But the way that the episode is written, I think they're paralleling Roger and Bree to Jamie and Myrtle a little bit even more than Roger um, than than Jamie and Claire. Wow. Like the Jamie and Claire stuff is Elaborate. there. Elaborate. No, yeah. It's there and it's important and like obviously mm-hmm. it's it's clearly there because the they're the parents number one and they're they're highlighting the the weddings in between the two, but I think structurally at least within mm-hmm. the way the the weight of this episode Mm -hmm. is given to the Jamie and Myrta relationship. We have a creation of a real marriage between Roger and Brianna, something that is beginning, something that is, that has its roots in the future. Mm -hmm. Whereas we, in the end here, we have one that is a relationship that is, it started since Jamie was five years old and it begins this way. And it's one of pure, almost fatherly love, Mm -hmm. but, friend friendship love and even brotherly kind of love like it's evolved and the relationship with brianna and roger has evolved in many ways too Mm -hmm. it's not shown the same track but it's it's one that has begun one way and like you didn't you weren't quite sure what it was and then all of a sudden it became this one thing and Mm -hmm. then and then it had this moment of breakup and then it finally became what it is and here we have the same thing with 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 jamie and myrta it's something that became something in the beginning we have a breakup in the middle with rog with him then the reunion then the reunion be still my heart <laughs> and now the relationship is is somewhat ending here yeah. at the end too um and structurally at least it feels like they're comparing the two relationships and i can't tell which has more emotional weight for me uh because to be honest i haven't been invested in brianna and roger so when they get married and I'm all smiles during the wedding and everything looks great and something blue, something borrowed, all that stuff and the drinking the whiskey and that, oh, that's new. That was like, all with Jamie. That's all Jamie. That's all yeah. great stuff. But the stuff with Roger and Bree, like, okay. It didn't do it for you. It didn't because I'm that's not invested. Okay. I don't care. But with Jamie and Myrta, it, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm tears for days. Yeah. I am tears for days because that is brutal. Yeah. That, seeing Jamie huddled up on the ground Mm-hmm. You know, you know, crouch down, tears flowing. Yeah, that that's some brutal stuff. So another brutal thing that was put inside this episode is we get whisperings of Bonnet being back. <sighs> yes, thank God. And <laughs> thank God. You know, <laughs> um, how did how did you feel about not only this conversation happening, but then Bree overhearing it? How did I feel about her overhearing it? Yes. Well, both. Like, how did you feel about this even being something brought up in this episode, but then also her overhearing it? Um, I, it needs to be brought up in this episode. It has to be. Because they have to establish that Bonnet's alive. Okay. You don't want to just throw that in there. And you want to understand that Bree still suffers some ser- some serious emotional weight. And you also have to reestablish the fact that your boy, Jemmy, ain't Roger's kid. <laughs> He's just not Roger's kid. And, uh, and that's that. Um, so because of that, you know, you have to allow for Bonnet to come back. And when I say, thank God that Bonnet is back, I don't mean like, Oh, like I'm happy he's a good guy. I mean, just as a character, like the same way that I was with Black Jack Randall. Mm-hmm. Think like I was so happy when Black Jack Randall came back in season two. Like it, what he does for those characters and what he does for the show 
it gives it electricity. It, yes. it gives it juice. Yes. Tryon ain't got no juice. In fact, he is the opposite. Of, he's still the powder. He is still the powder well, from the cooling. Flat, he's a flat um, character, you know? Yes. He's one-dimensional. Um, not that Bonnet has like this really good side, but there's a lot There's a lot more to Bonnet than mm-hmm. we've been able to see with Tryon. I agree. I am... Um, the the flashback scenes to remind us of the rape, which also were not even the ones that were necessarily included mm-hmm. um, in the original footage, were really rough. But yes. also, one of the things that I loved that they did is they had that high pitch for Brie. Oh, so yeah. as she's remembering it, it's kind of hitting her. As she's kind of stumbling, walking back to Claire, it's this high, ee, it's pretty much the sound our dishwasher makes. because dishwasher <laughs> yeah. It's just faint. And then it's the same sound which plays much louder as she's lying in bed with Roger's hand on her shoulder and mm-hmm. she's obviously, you know, really thinking about Bonnet and it's that same, you know, the music's playing and everything, but, but it's you this, can still hear it's not this a buzzing, thing. it's a really annoying pitch yes. uh, just to be there with you that it's lingering correct correct so i like what he does some people in the in the clan here are saying on the facebook live that we don't know that jemmy is rogers is not rogers kid okay fine i guess there's a possibility but the likelihood of it is what it is and i'm just i'm just saying like it's a 50 50 shot yeah and it's fine i'm gonna go on the other 50 than the roger 50 and and that gives me more dramatic sense, and that I like that. I, I and I like what Bonnet does for the show, and I can't wait to see him come back into their lives and how it's going to happen. So yes, I'm I'm ha- I'm fine with it being introduced in this episode. It's a little coincidental, of course, that she hears it, but it's fine. I'm I'm willing to go along for the ride. Wasn't pheasant? What is pheasant plucking? F- what is going on here? I, I, <laughs> I laughed because I'm like Marcelli, you are so funny. That once a pleasant a pleasant pheasant. Like, and she was laughing, and everyone in our premiere party was like, "Har har har!" And I'm like, "This is one of those dirty jokes that I don't get." <laughs> I, I don't get it either. But you know what? I'll go along to get along. So you didn't get it either. Nope, I didn't get it either. But it was funny. Her delivery was great. Oh, her delivery was amazing. And she, do, and she does that thing. the little like, "You can wait." Excuse yeah. me, sir. Excuse me. <laughs> I well, if anyone knows what this pheasant plucking um, joke is. You can send it to us at outlandercast at gmail.com. Can we also talk about while we're just talking about having some fun things? I I love You're welcome. Did you like that little like complete one? Like that was that's we call that a professional uh what's that called? A professional uh diversion, if you will. Sure. A transition, a professional transition. Uh that's why Mary gets paid gets paid the Lisa big bucks. Lisa Coperkis says because you misprin uh when you mispronounce you say the F word. Oh, okay, got it. All right, there you go. That's what it is. Oh my goodness. Thank you. <laughs> um I love when the show is self-aware of itself, and it knows obviously that it's do- it's done Roger dirty, but also it knows that it and it's fully happy to acknowledge the fact that Claire and Brianna are from the future, so they're talking about the mashed potato, yeah, and they're talking about shoving cake in each other's faces in my America, and uh, they're talking about uh, doing the twist and all that stuff. And I'm so happy that Murata knows all of this yes, stuff. Agreed. So these little bits of of Brianna bringing in the future f- to her past, talk. Oh, talking right. about Frank. I'm not going to play Whitney. 
No. I'm not because we didn't see Frank. But the fact that he was just mentioned and then Willie was mentioned. Like yes. there were some people who I know don't like Frank no matter what, period. Well, we're we're fans of the multidimensional Frank. Mm-hmm. And we're not we don't say that he was Claire's end all be all, but we do enjoy him as a father figure to Bree. We do enjoy what he brought to the storyline and to Claire's past. Mm-hmm. Um the I'm fact- a Frank I'm team Frank. The fact that they wove conversations of Frank in, mm-hmm. and then as I said, they wove conversation, conversations of Willie in, were so nice because, you know, when you have weddings, when you have these big events, you always are mournful for the people that couldn't be there. And I thought right. that, that was really cool. Uh, and it's it's it does what a good uh, premiere episode does. It sets you up with everybody, where they are, what mm-hmm. they're doing, and emotionally, how are they interacting? Uh, and mentioning to Willie, but also, again, let's face it, uh, Frank was Brianna's father. Frank or, would have or daddy. danced with her. Uh, Frank absolutely would have danced with her. But, but that's neither here nor there. That, and that's why I'm hashtag Team <laughs> Frank. No. I, I might just we, play Whitney. We don't know what we didn't say. Okay? Well, I we might, didn't know what we didn't say. I might play some Whitney. I could have used a moment. I'm just saying. You know what? No, I'm not saying I needed a Frank dance. I did. I need a Frank. I, I, I'm, I'm playing it for Frank. <laughs> I'm always willing to play Whitney for Frank. Oh my goodness gracious. Uh, lastly, uh, a, a couple of things. Um, Mercasta. Yeah. How are you feeling on Mercasta? You know, I wasn't feeling it today. I enjoyed the Fairy King little bit. You know, the little take that they were saying when Joe Casta was like, where am I? This is some kind of gross shack. Like, yeah. what have you done to me? And then, you know, the little fairy banter. That was cute. Mm-hmm. I wasn't feeling the heat. I was not feeling the heat between those two. Uh, no, that well, but I think that's by design. Even before, I, okay, fine. But listen, if you're giving me uh, Jamie and Claire heat in the same couple of shots, then you throw in a Mercasta heat. It takes me out of the mood. <laughs> Jamie and Claire had this like both exhale into each other's mouths, which would be so gross. But I know that Claire makes them brush their teeth, so it's yeah. okay. <laughs> and then we, oh. you know we go to Marcast, and I was like, yeah, I wasn't feeling it. I'm, I, I don't know, I don't know. That's that's it. I'm just not feeling it. I got this real sense of like, okay, I I like these two together, but knowing now that there's this ticking time bomb mm-hmm. on them, uh, number one, obviously because of the regulators and the whole rebellion that's coming, but also the fact that she has gotten proposed to by this Duncan Innes. What do you think she wanted him to say? I know what I think she wanted him to say. Of course she wanted him to say, no, 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 you and me, let's go get married. Screw Innes. And I loved, I loved Duncan Lacroix's um, delivery when he's like, Innes? Yeah. Really? That guy? That's that's the guy? You know all he wanted to do was just say, No, God, please, no, no! (laughs) That's right, Michael. No! No! That's what we Why wanted. Does that my, that's sound what clip we want. go on so long. <laughs> that was that's the point. It's supposed to be awkward. Murta, like there was that moment where you could just see that Jocasta was thinking, like, okay, Marta, this is when you say, let's pack our big bags and go to Canada. Yeah, we're gonna. We've go. got this, and don't it, worry about it. All, and it it kind of reminds me of This Is Us, okay. and This Is Us too. About the Goodwill Hunting. Uh, if, if for those of you who uh, watch This Is Us and you would listen to This Is Us too, the one of the latest episodes featured a segment on Goodwill Hunting and uh, and how we had to go to see about a girl. 
And all I wanted Myrta was to say, I got to see about a girl. Well, but the thing is, is that Myrta has nothing for her. She has her whole livelihood that's now, you know, intermingled a little bit right now with, mm-hmm. with Jamie's family. Uh, she's got a whole thing here. He's got nothing to give her. So even if he said, let's pack our bags and head somewhere. Mm-hmm. Let's go to France. That was fun when I was there. Actually, I hated them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking back to all the times that Myrta would just tell the French off. Um, know. You know, he's got something else that he cares about more. Sadly, but the truth is the truth. He cares yes. about the regulators more and he knows that he will not be able to give Jocasta what she deserves. So, you know, the heat being off, fine. Marta. <laughs> Silver Fox, that man is. Seriously. We're getting close to an hour here, so I do want to wrap this up here a little bit. And the last thing I want to mention, uh, aside from I was getting all the feels with Jamie and giving away his daughter, even though he hasn't known her for all that long. Like, yeah. That brought me to tears right. as well. Like, Because just as a dad and a daughter, I have a girl and mm-hmm. the whole thing. I'm not ready for any of that. But the thing that kind of surprised me, and I can't wait to get your take on this, is that Claire felt like she was... And, and it's like, I don't think it's coincidence that we really haven't mentioned Claire a whole ton this episode. No. Is because not a she really wasn't in this episode i mean she was a little bit i you know what i might have been claire in this episode you know what claire was doing boozing (laughs) aside from when she was doing Bree's dress yes claire had a glass in hand she was like i'm the mother of the bride my work here is done i cleaned the place i got the garland i put her in a dress i'm just gonna sit i think the show has made claire a very some some people even say to its detriment, a very strong-willed, beautiful character. Yes, yes. I think the show is going to go back to that. Agreed. I, I think th- th- this is just showing everything else. Th- they need everything else. They don't need the spotlight on Claire right now. Claire has had the spotlight for very long. We're going to be getting back to a heck of a lot of Claire this season, mm-hmm. and I agree with you. Claire got to kick up her heels today yes she did hold on tight spider monkey yes okay, okay. Hold, claire got to have a vacation fun thing keep your eyes on we germain during the uh the wedding okay. that is fergus marshley's little boy yep um he is like picking his nose doing things he is as bored as a little child could be at a wedding <laughs> and i can't get enough of it um Ma- magus is pregnant again lizzie is so turned on oh god <laughs> like you name any animal and you just see her face be like oh my oh, god yes. squirrel oh bear. raccoon <laughs> bear oh my, oh, my, oh my god oh my god bear calm me down <laughs> throw some water on me okay um and, and the last thing i think we, gotta... I mean, we didn't get to the important thing the fact that these guys are about to go to war that was lieutenant looking at all these scots standing up jamie and his killed the freaking cross on fire <laughs> Everybody, I told Blake, I said, thank goodness all these people are, have their clothes on and right. not their jammy jams because Jamie just comes out at nighttime, lights the cross on fire, and everybody's like, oh, cool, here we come. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, okay, that thing's burning. No, well, what they, all, that? They, all no they all know, but, I know, but, but I'm just, I was happy that everyone was still dressed in their normal clothes. But the, the, the reaction of the red coats. Right. Like they, like they saw it and they were in awe. And they should be. Knox is in awe. Um, because they got a Scott and they see now, oh yeah, that's what these people were about. Like, I remember, well, maybe they weren't even like fighting in 45, like, but like, oh, that's what went down in 45. Okay. Like, 
And it's a it's a sight to see. Yes. And just from a production standpoint, like the, for, for the show itself, yes. all those crosses, God knows how many how many they had. I think they said they had five. And not only that, that's all gas fire. That's not they didn't just put like douse it with like gas, you know, and like like or petrol or gasoline and just light. That all has to be controlled. Like that all has to be like pipes and turn the gas on and light it up baby like Not. that's what that is so that's that's a very hard process there were to some create. little sparks flying around and all i kept thinking about was the amount of wigs that were nearby <laughs> <laughs> there especially towards the end when jamie's like walking around and everything and there are some big sparks and i'm like you need to stay clear from that and because god you knows finally that, have a good wig <laughs> god knows that they but all they all probably been drinking yeah, you know, they're all Sassanac wasted, more than likely, during production. Like, oh, well, I would hope not. <laughs> um, they did a great job. That scene brought the tingles. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready for I, this season. It, I was, I was going to say, it, I was ready to run through a brick wall. I was ready to run through, as soon as Bear's music started playing. Fun fact, our Facebook friends are saying that Sam's uncle made all of those crosses. Oh, wow, really? Oh, that's cool. Hey. That is cool. I'll it's drink a perk that. to being a producer, man. I know. <laughs> um, oh, speaking of that, yeah. Do you think? Yes. You think they were, they made a difference? Yes. Did Sam and Katrina being now producers make a difference? Well, yes, <sighs> and I think it's going to continue on. I want to say yes. I'm not sure yet. Okay. Well, the fact but that I, but you I gave will it a say four this. seven. But I will say this. Yeah. The show itself, the cinematography and the direction mm-hmm. was. Gorgeous. The the use of color in this episode, the opposites of the yes. color wheel, blues and oranges, the pictures were not flat. Mm-hmm. They were not flat. And season four was very flat. Visually, very flat. Yes. Uh, this season so far, already. <laughs> one episode. One episode yes. in. Par- many parallels to season one. Mm-hmm. E- extraordinary, extraordinary parallels, including one shot of the tracking shot over the river. And then coming the opening, up the, uh, with the VO the, and the well the VO, but at the end uh, with Jamie and Claire oh, okay. on the on the on the ridge yep. with the cross behind them. Yes, um, even the CG is a lot better. So much better uh, in the, in that scene. Agreed. And and, and the, the 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 that tracking shot off over the river and up the cliff, seeing those two, it reminds me of First Wife number one, and it also reminds me of the episode. In season one, too, where it's tracking over the river, where Brian Kelly directed yep. it. I can't remember the name of it now, uh, but it's the one where they were playing Shinty. Yeah. Uh, that one. Um, excellent stuff. Agreed. Uh, the, the the direction of this episode and the visual storytelling in this episode was... Phenom. Like, it was stupendous. Phenom. It really was. Uh, so, I can't wait to rewatch it again. I feel like I feel like we're we're on a good track here. I feel like we're on a good track. Agreed. Uh, now this is normally when we'll do the Outlander cast staff thought of the week. Unfortunately, that gets put in post right it'll, now. It'll get put in post. So it, it is what it is for our Facebook friends. Yeah. So, but for now, um, it's time for the Outlandish theory of the week. Our first Outlandish theory of the week of the season. Marvin, I know you're ready, but I got to ask you. Are you ready for the outlandish theory of the week? <laughs> Je suis prêt. <laughs> okay, so here's my first outlandish thought of the week. Bring it. And this is a good one. This is Bring a, it, This baby. is a really good one. I'm ready to look off into space and say interesting. <laughs> All right, so uh, actually I got two. I'm going to okay. give you two good ones. Uh, and this is kind of a cheat because I said it in the, uh, the sneak peek one. But the first one is Murta is absolutely going to die this season. And he's going to die protecting Jamie. He's going to die protecting Jamie because he has to fulfill his oath. Even though he was released, he has to die. 
So he, he has to pay for the choices that he's made and the choice of letting uh, Joe Casta go, uh, putting his rebellion ahead of Jamie and the oath, um, putting all that stuff ahead of everything else that really matters to him. He, and there's no more room for, for Murta. There's, there's no more room for him. So he has to die. I mean, he can't just go hide somewhere again. That would be nice. Yeah. And, but just he's not. hide and show back up again and, and in a sure, couple seasons. And sure that that'd be, that'd be a nice, fun thing to do. But it, it just, it's mm. not, it won't be good. Uh, so he has to die and he has to fulfill his oath. And he, he's going to die protecting Jamie in one form or another. Okay. My guess is at a battle that he has between the two of them where Jamie is wearing the red coat and all that other stuff. But the, but the good one that I got is the kid that was the, the hunter, the one that Lizzie was, was her, her needle was moving. Um, that kid is sick. That kid. It's not just tonsillitis. It ain't, it ain't tonsillitis kid. It's a lot more. And Claire sees it. I think she underdiagnoses it. And that kid's really sick. And that kid is going to get everybody at the ridge sick, including one James Fraser. And when that happens, Claire is going to say, F all of history. F all of you. I don't care what I have to do. I guarantee you she brought back some kind of medicine from the future. And she's going to save Jamie because that is her most important thing she has to do. And that's going to set up a conflict with her and Brianna. And then that's going to push forward the idea that Brianna may go back with Roger because there's this conflict here that's coming. Roger thinks he's going back. Roger thinks he's going back. And he is going to say, we're married now. We have a kid. We, ha- we can go back. Let's go back. Let's get away from all of this sickness. Let's get away from all of this war. Let's just do it. Let's go back. So let's go back to Boston cream let's pies. Go get some Boston cream pies. Mm. Have a nice shower. Mm. Maybe get a couple of beers. Oh my gosh. Go to a Red Sox game. Yeah. You know? Wicked pisser. What, what are we doing here? There's no way. There's no way they're sticking around. So that is my Atlantis theory of the week. Marvin, what do you have for me? Interesting. Mock me. Please hang up and try again. You know what? I'm going to put the Larson Garantos on that. A Larson capital G Garantos on that one. That is absolutely going to happen. Uh, so that's it for this episode. You know what? We didn't even talk about this. Roger and proposing to go back. He's like, oh, yeah, we're going to go back. Yeah, we'll maybe. talk about it in listener feedback. Uh, maybe. But you know what? This does bring up a quick question that I do want to talk about. A quick question. Okay. Jemmy, does he have, if, if he is in fact Stephen Bonnet's kid, does he have the ability to go back to the future? That's a real question. Do do you have it no matter what? Yeah, because, I mean, obviously Brianna is his mother. How do you find out? Do you get splinched like Harry Potter? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, hey. You're a wizard, Harry. It's a possibility. There's um, a possibility. <laughs> Another Twilight reference for you. You're oh, welcome. All right. So, okay, uh, so that apart. is that. I know we're falling apart and it is an hour <laughs> eight. So we're going to close this episode out. If anything, we missed anything, obviously, please let us know. We will gladly talk about it in the listener feedback episode. Uh, and that is that. If you want to get in touch with us, you can. But we're going to close out the show and we'll talk about that just a minute Marvin I got something special normally we play uh, our closeout music but because I was ready to run through a brick wall for uh, for Jamie and the oath and the music and hashtag bear flare yep. I'm bringing the goods to close okay. it out yes. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Brick wall, baby. I'm ready to go. Okay. I'm so ready to run. For those of you who want to reach out to us to get that listener feedback in, you can do it, as I said, on Facebook, Instagram. We are easy to find. Just search OutlanderCast. You can also email us at OutlanderCast at gmail.com. You can go to OutlanderCast.com and use the SpeakPike version. Is that, what is it, an app? I don't yeah, really it's, even it's know. An app. Just hit, it's, it's just an app. You can do it on your phone. You can do it on a computer. It actually utilizes the microphone on, on your computer or your or your phone or your laptop or your your just your device. It sounds a lot better than calling on the voicemail line. It's one that I prefer. So there you go, go. Use, uh, go to MarianBlake.com and hit the voicemail button or go to OutlanderCast.com, hit the voicemail button. It'll take you right to SpeakPipe and you can just hit the little green button that says start recording. And yes. it gets sent emailed to me right away. If you're a listener of this and you are not yet in the Outlander Cast Clan gathering on Facebook, that's the place to be, my friends. Please request to join. Make sure you answer the questions and let people know that you found out about this on the podcast. That's right. And uh, do the reviews. And if you want to get in touch with us and just have fun with us, go to OutlanderCastClan.com where you can help support the show. If you want to help us out, go to OutlanderCastClan.com. And, uh, and become uh, either a co-producer, an associate producer, a Sassanok-level friend, or a Slanja friend, whatever. Whatever you got, uh, just for as little as $2 a month or even as high as $30 a month, you can help out the show. We want to thank all of you who've taken the time to write a review on your podcast app. It's pretty easy. You could do it right through your app. Um, not only leaving the star rating, but actually taking the time to write something. That means so much. Blake and I go through and read these, and it's just like a little hug. It brings a huge smile to our face. So we want to thank Missy B 85 who said, Outlander Guides. I watched one episode of Outlander and asked my husband to watch a few with me. Grumbling, he sat down and three episodes later, he was hooked. He downloaded season four on Amazon Prime and then found the podcast. Oh, hey girl. While on the road, they listen to us, Blake. They laugh about how we uh, they, we sound just like them discussing Outlander. Um, so, Missy B is tuning in to us now, live You know, for the first time as a listener in season. So, welcome Missy B and thank you to everyone who's taken time to write your reviews. We also want to thank all of the OutlanderCastClan.com members, all of our patrons, but especially our associate producers, Angie, Carolyn, Celine, Dawn, Diane, Jeffrey, Jennifer, Marilyn, Maureen, Patricia, Siobhan, Valerie. Keep going now. Going to the co-producers. We want to thank them as well. Ann Lee, Barbara, Dana, Dieta, Janet, Keelan, Lori Ellen, Marianne, Raynal, Rita, Sharon, Tina, and Whitney. And last but not least, our executive producers, Ann, Bobby, D, Jen, Katie, Kirsty, Martha, Nadra, Peg, and Sarah. Well, that's it, ladies and gents. Show's over. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name's Larry. My name's Blake, and I'm ready to run some through some brick friggin' walls, I'll tell you that. Oh, yes. Let's and, do it. And you've been listening to Outlander Cast.